Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here. Pipe it up. This is the 50th episode. Me and Tommy are here back in the studio. We're going to recap the Predators Mallard series before getting into an interview with the man himself, Mr. Mark Schultz. It was a great interview. You guys will love to hear it. Um, roll the intro. Not, not too bad, Jack. Is that, is that okay? <laughs> I think it's fine. I think we just leave it in there. All right, that whatever. Was, we'll leave that it. was Jack's first take. It's kind of <laughs> funny. It wasn't like beautiful, but it wasn't bad. What did you guys think? I mean, I don't know. I think we leave it. It's kind of it's kind of unique and funny. We we one take around here. That's yeah. what we do. You guys all about efficiency. We're about efficiency. But if you guys listen to the end of the shows, you probably hear my bloopers. So not everything's one take, <laughs> but pretty much everything's one take. We've had. The funny thing is, is before Jack came on. Me, me and Daniel had zero blips. Like, I never had to... I had to remove some extra stuff or stuff that I didn't like necessarily that we said. Um, but I never had to, like, take out a clip because of, like, a, like a stutter in the show or, like, someone didn't answer the phone or anything like that. Like, we've had me and you happen to a couple times. But the first episode where Jack was on, I was doing an ad read and I screwed it up, like, five times. And I was like, Jack, you're bad luck, man. But anyway... Enough nonsense. As Jack mentioned, this is the 50th episode of Pipe It Up. Can you believe this? Episode 50. I've been back on for like seven or eight weeks now. Shout out to Jack and Drew for everything else. But man, 50 episodes. That's pretty crazy. That's 50 hours of content. That's wild. That's an accomplishment. I, uh, I'm i just happy to be a part of it, to be honest. I feel like we're just getting started. It is pretty fun. I'll be honest. I've uh, Well, first of all, Jack, before I talk about myself, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I really can't complain. Had a great weekend. Shout out to all the fathers out there. Oh, that's I hope true. you enjoyed Happy your Father's, father's Day. Day. Um, got some good golfing. Nice. Yep. And, you know, I'm a little sore from the weekend, but um, I'm excited to be back here. Yeah, I, uh, I, do, I do enjoy filming the podcast. Editing, it's kind of annoying, but like I said, it's very quick. I think I've said last week it takes about an hour, so it's very quick. Um, I feel like today I was I was excited to do as you guys saw in the title we got the we got the best interview of all time coming up here but I've been like just feeling not necessarily tired or exhausted but just like unmotivated I don't know why I couldn't I couldn't tell you you why. couldn't peg it I couldn't really peg it I don't know I think it's just combination of work and I think uh, you're you're pretty active so maybe you can relate to this but as you know I strained my chest you know yeah. I feel like when well, first of all, like in high school or before high school even, like when my dad was trying to teach me how to work out, always hated it. Just dreaded going to the gym, worst hour of the day, awful. But then when you do it every day for years, not that I like love like getting jacked or getting huge or anything, but just like, I don't know, like your body gets used to that rhythm. Yeah. And not, over the past three months now when I haven't worked out every day, and like when I do work out, it's like 20 minutes lightweight just to like try to keep my arms in shape and lower half because I can't do anything shoulders or chest related. Right. Like I feel like it just throws you off. I don't. I felt. It does. I always tell my mom I feel off. I've just felt yeah. off the past couple months. Well, I think it's a good just exercise in general is mm -hmm. just a good um, a good way to block everything else out and release and sort of just focus on what you're doing and the task at hand. I think sometimes when you're injured and can't necessarily mm -hmm. do what you want to do. Um, it's a frustrating it, it frustrates you even mm -hmm. more and then you know that time that you had to maybe blow off some steam now you you know aren't being as productive as you once were and then it mm -hmm. kind of compounds it and then maybe that can show itself as uh feeling a little bit unmotivated yeah i think that's a pretty good way another to another thing it could just be is because you've been you've been working hard tom 
and you had <laughs> and you had a good weekend off and I'm sure you maybe had some fun on the weekend, did something mm-hmm. cool. And now you, now it's like Monday. oh Monday, like Yeah, back I'm to looking the grind. forward to Fourth of July a lot though. I'm oh, sure yeah. you are too. I'm oh, heading yeah. up north for a couple of days. That'll be good. Stress reliever. We're trying to budget the MLW schedule to where everyone, players and um like me and Kyle were trying to block out that whole week from like July 1st till July 9th where there'll be no games played. It'll just be editing going on. Um I'll do a podcast. I don't know about with I don't know what your plans are, Jack. We could talk about this right now on the air. What are yeah. you what are you doing? Are you traveling? Where are you going to be on the 4th? Cuz the 4th is a Monday. I have some plans for the 4th. I'll be in Nashville. Too. I'll be um, up north during oh, the 4th of go. July. Here we oh, go. Here we go. Battling the cord. Battling the cord. Oh, there it is. Gone. Just gone. like that. Gone. Gone. Um, so, yeah. So, this will be interesting because I'm going up north. We'll make it happen. Well, oh, there'll be an... I as promise, long as you have cell phone signal, I, I we'll make it happen. I crossed my heart to the fans that I would never not do a show. So, I'll be on the road. Um, what's up? I got, a, fu- I got a funny, just like quick story. Something you said <laughs> reminded me. <laughs> Go ahead. The, you just said up north. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of the people I'm sure who follow the league are from Michigan and didn't mm-hmm. think twice at that saying up north yeah they don't know what that means we but a lot of people have no idea what that means Mm -hmm. i had friends come visit me from you know somewhere from california somewhere from massachusetts friends that i go to school with Mm -hmm. and i'm texting them the whole time like what are we doing what are we doing i'm like you'll fly you're just gonna fly in i'll pick you up from the airport and we're gonna go like up north (laughs) and like my friends were just so confused the whole time like one of my buddies, the kid from California, seriously asked. He was like, "Do I need to pack like a, like a jacket, <laughs> like a like a winter jacket?" This is the middle of the summer. Like they were uh, flying in in like July. So and just funny. Didn't, didn't really get the concept. And then once I like explained how everyone in Michigan sort of just has their, you know, cabins up north. That's what they go do. It was just pretty funny. Yeah, we have. I think I've mentioned this one time, but my aunt KK, as I call her, has a place up north. Up north yeah. is pretty much. So there, I'll define it for you yeah. guys. This is the definition that I saw on Twitter like three years ago, and I, I agree with it wholeheartedly. So the majority of the population in Michigan, in Michigan is in not only the lower peninsula, but you know in the lower half, you know near Detroit. Because if you didn't know, Detroit's yeah. like in southeast, southeast corner of Michigan, and we, we live in southeast Michigan is what we call it. Um, but people go up north in Michigan because there's a lot of lakes up there. Um, I feel like it tends to be the weather's just nice. There's a open lot of country. lakes, open country. It's just a good, it's a good vibe. It's I don't great know, vibe. but there's a bridge um, on I-75 called the Zilwaukee Bridge, and pretty much once you cross that, heading north, that's anything beyond that, you're up north. That's up north territory. Say. Yeah, yeah. So it's not dangerous. Like my friends were like kind of scared when I kept saying we're going like up north. No, it's not dangerous. It's at not all. dangerous. My definition of going, it's different for everybody. First of all. My definition of going up north is going to my aunt's place, which is, we call it a cottage. It's basically a small house on a lake. It's lakefront property. It's pretty cool. It's a smaller lake in mm-hmm. um, Lewiston, Michigan. Shout out to the person, I doubt you're listening to this, one of the 2,000 listeners that we have every week, but apparently I was up north a year and a half ago now, so when the channel had like 100K subscribers, and I was at, in not a large town, but a larger town up north called Gaylord, Michigan. That's where I go up north. It is? Yeah. Okay, well, you know the ice rink there? Yeah. So I was at the ice rink, and no one came up to me or anything, but then I saw a comment on the next YouTube video. It was like, I saw Tommy Coughlin and his family at the Gaylord ice rink, but I was too <laughs> scared to go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the comment? Yeah, well, Kyle screenshotted <laughs> it and sent it to me, so I saw it, and I replied. I was like, buddy, I don't bite. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I felt bad, but oh. what, are the, what are the odds? Um, 
if you see Tommy in public, please go say hi to him. Yeah, say He's, hi to anybody. Yeah. I couldn't think of one person who I'd say don't approach. Him. No, <laughs> like, I don't think so. We wouldn't. We wouldn't have him in the league if they weren't approachable. Exactly. So, um, wow, we've been. This has been a good. I like this podcast already. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talked <laughs> anything <laughs> about MLW. Poor, yeah. poor Alex probably waiting for me. He's like, "Where the heck is Tommy giving yeah. me a call for this podcast?" I'll send him a text message right now. But while I'm texting Warda, you want to break it down? We'll break it down. We'll break okay. it down. Last upload was Mallards versus Predators. Um, hopefully, you guys have all watched that by now. I'm sure you have. And the Predators won the series again. They won the series two one. They won their first series, I believe, against the who? Who did they play the first series? The Predators unfortunately beat the Magic in the first series. Oh yeah, and two, I wasn't two one. There, two one without which is probably why an they Agnerless won. Agnerless Magic. That's mostly why they won. Yeah, exactly. It's the only yeah. reason they won actually. <clears throat> yeah. So the Predators win another series. Um, good for them. Um, I don't want to talk too much about their performance. Well, I can from my perspective, I guess. Um, I um, Ryan. I can give you my. On, yeah, let's, on let's hear, my let's third hear. party because yeah, I was actually there. I was here at the series. You were. You I did a, the live in the first game. Made a bold prediction there on the video too. Remember? I did. Yeah. I did go Predators, mm-hmm. and that did come to fruition. But mm-hmm. um, I think the I was there in person, watched the video. I think the video was pretty reflective of the competition. You know, the pitchers, Bonham looked great mm-hmm. uh, in both two games. Cratch, obviously, in that third game, kind of dialed it in and oh yeah he, I, he didn't look like he was really gonna lose that game i mean um he's just he's been good he's been he's good, been, good. He's been at, start yeah. so far he's been solid yeah um warda is ready on the line so i'm gonna get him in here quick right. before he gets occupied with his evening so let's ring warda here see what he has to say about his series win you can talk to warda jack by the way Hello, Tom. hey warda how you doing I'm good, man. I'm chilling. Nice, nice. All right, well, Jax, we're discussing here the uh, Mallards versus Predators last series that went up on YouTube. So um, I'll have Jack here rattle out some questions for you about uh, what you thought about the day as a whole. All right. Alec, how we doing, brother? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, All right, give me two things that you thought the Predators did well and two things that you think the Predators can improve on. Based on uh, based on the Mallard series, um, the boys played well in the field. Not me personally, but uh, yeah, Russell's always good in the field. Uh, he had an opportunity to rob that home run, but I mean, I also kind of had that. I don't know. That was a weird ball that you hit, Tom. It like I, I can I can attest like, to that. It was very weird. That floater. Curve, I don't know, but uh, but I mean, when I was on the bench. The boys are playing real, real fundamentally sound. It was good to see. And pitching is always, I feel like, Crash is always good with pitching. And agreed. Agreed. Killing it. Yeah, I agreed. I feel like in his, in his opening series. So that all went well. Um, but uh, there's, I do, I know I said fielding was good, but there's a lot of room to improve with in fielding. <laughs> and so bad. strength and so, weakness. Yeah. <laughs> Strength and weakness, yeah. Okay. So the Predators are good at fielding, but need work at fielding. You know what? Hey, hey, hold hold on. I'm 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 backtracking. Fielding was a weakness. I think (laughs) final verdict. Fielding was a weakness. Final verdict. Uh, uh, heads up plays was a strength. Okay. Uh, I think that we we made a lot of smart plays out there. Steve 
knowing the rules, the backstop rules and stuff. That was nice. I think yeah. I think there were a lot of uh, you know, I mean, that's such a simple rule, but people forget about that. Uh, yeah, especially a rookie. But hey, I think uh, we made some good heads up plays, and I think fielding, even there were some good moments. It can uh, it can improve. I think. So we'll put the fielding at mediocre for now. How's that yeah. sound? Mediocre. Yeah, I, I like that. With room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about you, Tom? What do you What do you think? Um, about the Predators or about just everything? About the Mallards. What do you think about the Mallards? Um, you guys already talked about that. Um, so I have to remember myself. I have not really talked about it yet. I don't want to confuse what I said in the Eagles intro with what I'm about to say right now because, as you guys may know, I have already played the Eagles as well. But um, coming into that Predator series, I think the big thing for me was just to find ourselves a number two arm, you know, because um, – Caden didn't do too great in that first series. Um, my confidence level was not quite there yet because of my injury, so I didn't even want to pitch. So the question for me going into the Predators series was whether or not should I let Caden go again or should I go again, and unfortunately, I did horrible. Um, the stuff was actually okay in terms of movement, but like that was the worst I've ever located anything in my life. Now... I wouldn't necessarily. I didn't, but to be honest with you, I didn't. I expected it to go better than it did, but I didn't expect to go out there and throw three shutout innings. You know what I mean? There was no shot at that happening. I knew that from the practice that I put in because I, I was able to. I had confidence after the first series. I was like, okay, I can at least try to pitch. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make my injury any worse than it is. It may not. It may slow down the healing process, but it's not gonna throw anything. I'm not gonna tear anything out there. Yeah. So I was able to practice like once or twice before your guys' series and. My balls-to-strike ratio was mediocre, but nothing compared to when I was actually out there. It was just awful. And then my back started to hurt. I don't know. It's embarrassing. Like, I sound like a little (laughs) – I'm not going to say the word, but I sound like one of those. And it was just bad. And But outside of the pitching, um, I told my guys after that series, I was like, I was pretty happy with our at-bats actually overall. Cratch is a great pitcher, and we we got a couple over the – like, we kind of stole game one, to be honest with you. And we were putting the ball in play against Ryan. We just couldn't we couldn't scratch any across in that last game. You guys just beat us. You guys just beat us that first game. Mm-hmm. You guys were hitting. You guys were hitting. Uh, you hit more hits than we did, and you guys just won. I think. So, so Tom, was it, were you not just not feeling like conf, like confident in your in your arm? Not necessarily like your skill, but were you just like? It, yeah, it's just, you, it's just literally like, a. Just, worried about like it's kind of like when you get a knee injury you don't want to cut on that full oh i wasn't i wasn't concerned about the injury in that sense i was it's just a lack of practice because you know i've i've um i've mentioned this to daniel before how like it's different now because we don't play baseball so we actually need to like go out there and do something with football or baseball related to actually perform well um as, as i think daniel saw in his first appearance too so yeah like i hadn't the day I stepped on the field for opening day against the Wildcats was my first time doing anything athletic since this injury. And then I like, it gained some confidence. I was like, okay, I can actually try to pitch now. So like I said, I threw two bullpens, I think, before this Predator series, so not nearly enough. And I knew I wasn't ready, but I wanted to get out there and get the, rep, get the reps, you know, more practice. Yeah. Did I want to get mercy twice? Definitely not. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect to go out there and shut you guys out, as I mentioned. I mean, I think uh, I think it's just a matter of reps. You just get a little more Absolutely. reps, and you know, you get, you're gonna be you're gonna be locked in. Yeah, and I haven't. I've uh, <laughs> I haven't. I've never. I will. I shouldn't say never because I've. I will read usually the, the top comments to see like what people are saying and like 
comments in the league and stuff like that, especially on Instagram. But I don't plan on visiting the comment section of that video just because I feel like it's not going to be good for me. But I already had my cousin. My cousin, like, texted me and was like, oh, people are saying this and that. I'm like, well, I was like, I didn't read any, so let me know what they're saying. But <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's whatever. It's part of the game, right? It is part of the game. It's part of the, uh, it's part of the fun. Stir the pot a bit and give you some, give you some motivation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Bring it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, um, so you guys are sitting at what now? Four and two? Four and two, yeah. It's a solid start. It's a solid start, I got to yeah, say. It's a, it's a good start. We got the D-backs next, so that's like ultimate test at this point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100% there. There's nobody hotter right now in the league. Um, are, are you gonna, I'm assuming that McGlade is going to be the guy moving forward for your second yeah. arm. Yeah, he's, he's number two. And uh, what, what scares me the most is I haven't seen Norp. I've only seen Norp uh, one time in Whiffle in the Mitten. 2019 it was, it was the last time I've seen I've I've hit off Norp so I didn't we didn't play him last year and so I don't really know how you know I mean I've, I've watched a bunch, ton of film on him especially this this past week you know but I just don't know what it's like he's so good at hiding the ball I've I haven't I haven't faced him yet since he's been in MLW so it's just going to be it's a totally new new pitcher for me yeah so that makes it that makes it's, it all yeah, that much harder. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be weird. Usually, I kind of know what to expect, but uh, you know, I mean, he's just totally different. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, Jack. Any comments? Ward, it's been a pleasure, buddy, as always. Hey, thanks for having me on, boys. Hey, if you guys enjoyed this conversation, tune into the Twitch on Wednesday. This is gonna be continued, I think, with. It will, almost trio. the same trio. Like the trio. Yeah, the trio. The exact same, tri the exact okay. same trio. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you then, Warda. Swagner, Shifty, and Paul Glenn. That's right. <laughs> All right, we'll see you there. All right, see you, boys. See ya. All right, yeah, I think um, I agree with what Warda mentioned. I like the fielding thing was funny, but that, um, that ball that I hit was weird, to be honest. I yeah. swear it started to the right of second base and ended up like in left center, and I thought it was funny how in the footage you could hear, War or you could hear Brennan be like, I could have caught that. Yeah. <laughs> he like, admitted he should have caught know. it. Those but balls were flying out all day. It was so humid, weirdest, and the ball was just kind of riding. Yeah, weirdest the, thing. So I hit two home runs, air. one in the first game, one in the second game. Both of them I didn't think were deserving to be home runs. Then in the third game, I hit a ball to the fence that I thought was my hardest hit of the day. It didn't go over. It was the weirdest thing. That ball yeah. just died on me, I swear. But it would have been the difference. But, yeah, I think I touched on the pitching. Um, like I said, I was obviously not happy with myself, but I didn't expect to be flawless by any means. But um, nowhere to go but up. You get mercy twice. Uh, yeah. You just got to improve. Um, I, like I said, I liked I liked our bats. To be honest with you, um, you know, when you're getting shut out, you're like, how do you like your at bats? But you know, we were compared to last year. I felt like we had situations against pitchers who were dominant where we were just outs going up there. Like with me hitting left-handed, like not a lot of contact being made, swinging at balls, like. But my Caden, Trevor, and myself were all battling deep into counts, um, putting balls in play, making contact, hitting balls hard now and then. But yep. just uh, we couldn't square one up. It's just, that's just how it goes. And yeah. I think our biggest um, continuing on from our first series was a couple errors cost us in that series. That last inning where they did get their run, um, I had a ball bobbled at first that could have ended the inning, and then Caden had a shot to at least stop that ball and keep um, I think it was Warda from scoring from second yep. base there. So a lot of things to clean up. Um, we're sitting at 500 now, 3-3. Three and three, So yep. work to do, work to do for sure. I thought the uh, 
I thought the Preds looked good. You know, Steven, I thought McGlade did pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah, I should talk about him as well. Um, that's, you know, that's been the Preds' Achilles heel. Really, they're one of their only, mm-hmm. you know, obvious weaknesses as of, you know, in, lace, in recent years, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, just not having a number two guy. He seemed, to, he looked pretty comfortable out there. I thought he did a good job at the plate as well. Um, I, Tom, I honestly, you know, I watched the Mallards play, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting right in front of me, but <laughs> you guys kind of, you have a really unique uh, a team in the sense that you got three, the main, the three core guys are all very different guys. You got one, a veteran, mm-hmm. the, the kid himself here, and then you got, thank you, thank you. You got a long, lanky kid in Caden, mm-hmm. right? And then you got, Bonham, who is a little bit different body type, but both like you guys all bring different stuff to the table. And yes, you've had some errors in the field, and maybe your confidence isn't there. But if you can flip it around here and make all the pieces work together at the same time, it's really it's really kind of a scary unit, in yeah, my opinion, at least. I'm a I don't know. I guess you could say. I'm a dreamer, but like I always, I felt the same way. Even after missing the playoffs last year, I was like, God, I feel like we're one of the best teams. Like, I just, yeah. I, I always feel that way. But like you, what we talked about but before, sh- too, it's a couple sh- balls. It's every- a couple different swings. It could change your entire season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to touch on, like I said, I'm a series ahead, so it's hard. I don't want to yeah. spoil anything for the next video, Mallard versus Eagles, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's, it's a crazy game. We talked about that, how like seasons can be changed by one pitch, one swing. Um, but, yeah, I always feel like, you know, maybe I'm overconfident, but I always feel like – and I say this about every team. Every team has a chance, and I'm – like, mm. I believe in what we can do. I believe in myself as a hitter. We saw what Trevor can do in opening day. He didn't have a good series against Cratched, but not everyone's going to have their day every day, you know. I um, It's funny. You were talking about, like, how we're all different guys. Like, we're kind of <laughs> – it's, it's kind of like I got – off-brand Noah, off-brand Steve. Like, you have a tall, dark-haired kid, and then yeah. Trevor kind of has Noah's same height, <laughs> yeah. same hair color. <laughs> You're, like, staying in the same Mallard's mold. It's you so just, funny You just, like, you found that. their stunt doubles, basically. Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. But, all right. It is that time to get into the Bark Schultz interview. We're going to invite him down into the basement right now. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it is the moment of the show that we've all been waiting for. It took 50 episodes, but we finally have him here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Mark Schultz. Mr. Schultz, how are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for coming on the show. Our fans and myself, Kyle and Jack, we all really appreciate it. Thank you, Tommy. Congratulations on 50 shows. That's awesome. Oh, man, we got to give credit to Drew, credit to Kyle, Daniel, Ryan Crash, everyone involved. That's crazy, 50 weeks. It's been more than 50 weeks, but 50 episodes, 50 weeks where there was a podcast, so that's wild. But we finally got Mr. Schultz here, a man who, if you're a big fan of the league and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a pretty big fan. Um, There's probably a lot of question marks surrounding him. (laughs) You know, you've seen him in the background of many videos over the years. I'm sure you've heard his voice behind the camera a few times. So um, I prepared, for the first time in my podcasting career, I've actually prepared some questions here to discuss with Mr. Schultz, try to make this as 
productive as possible with the short time we have with them. So I want to start all the way back at the beginning, almost like we're doing a documentary here. Um, I want you just to talk about your three sons as children before before they had even f- discovered a wiffle ball, bat, and ball. What, what kind of stuff did they like to do? Wow, wow. Way back when. Way okay. back. Well, Brendan is the oldest, and mm-hmm. Brendan was very talkative, very inquisitive, and getting into everything, scouts, mm-hmm. schools, clubs, science Olympiad, marching mm-hmm. band. Uh, Kyle was uh, always chasing Brendan around, so those two were always up to something and <laughs> playing outside, riding their bikes, um, playing games, and uh, uh, Kyle was more of the creative side, always always uh, drawing logos and uh, uh, mm-hmm. being being very creative, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll give the mic to Kyle here. Yeah, to add on that, I would actually like watch Sports Center and FSN Final Score, which is like a discontinued show, and I would literally just like see a logo on the screen and I would just draw it, and I would keep like a, a collection. I mean, it was just one of the weirdest things I've done, but I mean, I guess it kind of like it makes sense for where I, my uh, careers went. Yeah, I think for me. Um, you know, kind of watching you guys grow up, I noticed that a lot of times you and Daniel would have ideas or drawings or sketches, and then Brendan would be the one to bring it to life because he was more of like the hands-on guy and actually building things. So that kind of leads us into our next question as to what were your initial thoughts when you had three kids ranging from the ages of 7 to 12 years old putting up an old gardening fence in your front yard and building what they wanted to be a <laughs> wiffle ball field? What was going through your head when you saw this happening? Um reminded me a little bit of, of my youth uh, mm-hmm. growing up in Warren. Um, I had the, 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 the yard with the, the diamond on it mm-hmm. you know, just burned, <laughs> burned into, the, uh, into the grass. That's so funny. I never knew that. We, we didn't have any uh, home run fences or foul poles or whatever. So to me, that was kind of just normal to have the, the uh, diamond blazed on the, on the grass. <laughs> um, but it started slow with with the garden fence and mm-hmm. Kyle making his own banners and his original logo. So mm-hmm. they were all very nice. Um, it then became a bigger deal when he actually wanted to, you know, buy a fence. That was kind of one, one of the early, uh, mm-hmm. uh, decisions that, uh, it was a big investment for him. It was a big, big risk that he took, but I'm glad he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of, you kind of mentioned how Kyle had to buy a fence. So yeah. How did your, you know, maybe, you weren't obviously you want to see your kids have fun and enjoy their childhood, but maybe you weren't too happy that you had a garden fence up all summer and you had to cut the grass around it. You just had to deal with it being out there. But obviously, all the kids in the neighborhood loved it. But how did your viewpoint change as it became a little more professional in your front yard? You know, there was spray painted lines, there was um, you know real bases, a nicer fence with some real advertisements on it. Were you, I guess, um, more accepting of it or were you happy to see it out there versus maybe it being a bit of a nuisance that's a fr- yeah, good question at, at first it was um uh the f- the fence was kind of be up and down he would take it up and, and put it down and and you're right it was a nuisance to, to cut around it um but then after a while it was just made sense to, to just keep it up i wasn't too worried about the neighborhood itself because we've had um hockey rinks that were up for, so basically seasonal type of uh uh, facility, so I wasn't worried about that, but um, you've got to cut around the fence so you can't mow, and then you've got to weed whack around it, so it did take some additional time. And I think you and mom were just happy to see us outside playing, right? And that was kind of like a big reason for keeping it up. Like, 
the uh, I mean the alternative is us just playing inside and playing video games all day. So oh, tremendous! Yeah, having guys, a league out there and having the the fence out there, I think she I would think throw just you guys getting outside, outside was the, huge. Yeah, to the driveway, to the street, and then if you guys were uh, always kind of cranky or, or getting in fights with Daniel, um, <laughs> Tommy would be like perfect solution. Tommy would come over and just energize you guys, <laughs> focus, and there'd be a game and competition and. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it'd be you know the world is just in a great place because Tommy's over <laughs> and uh, keeping them all busy. And, yeah, and just f- you've got them focused on a game and a competition, and you would just make a game out of anything, and it would be uh, mm-hmm. it, it hit, they'd love it. Well, that's funny because yeah, um, you talk about that. Well, for me, it was always a relief too because as Jack and I talked about, we only had sisters, so it was a lot different being in a household with only girls when we wanted to do a lot more boyish things growing up. So I come over here, and these were basically my brothers that I had just a couple steps away, so it was well, great. Let me let me tack on to that. So two podcasts ago, Jack was talking about uh, no, no brothers, just sisters. Mm-hmm. So to entertain himself, he had to play football in the yard mm-hmm. by himself. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> describes me perfectly <laughs> when I was 8, 9, 10 years old. I mean, yeah. It takes quite a talent to throw a down-and-out by yourself, <laughs> a diving catch, you know, with the play-by-play at the same time. So, mm-hmm. so that struck home with me, Jack. Oh, Kyle's got a great game as well. We've all these stories. Also, they're fan favorites too, so I love them. This is like three podcasts too late, but Tommy, do you remember the game we called Crazy Catches? <laughs> if you do, it was the craziest game we've ever played. It would literally just be it would be uh, Monkey in the Middle, but we'd also we'd uh, we'd keep a record of the coolest catch that day, and we'd keep a whole book and list of it, and it was just so fun. Yeah, I, I do remember that. I'm surprised I forgot to mention it. And we did, we play with like a brown piece of, like it was basically like fluff covered in more fluff. <laughs> it was brown with a, well, yeah, I think it was Mr. Schultz's with the with the masking tape as the yeah, laces. That was my indoor football. Yeah, that was a, it was a perfect indoor football. That's before yeah. Nerf was probably even around. I don't know when, when Nerf was founded, but that was the original Nerf ball we used. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad to get a story from you. Hold on, we got a little buzzing. There we go. Um, so now I guess we shift the field moves to the meadows. As you mentioned, Kyle had to buy a fence. One of our first, you know, bigger investments into the league, especially in 2019 when the more professional-looking fence um, sprouted up. Uh, how cool was that transition for you to actually watch unfold, moving from your front yard to now a public park? Well, we had it down pat for cutting the grass and the lights and the night games, mm-hmm. and you know, our grass was watered and mowed and trimmed and. You know, I knew if he was playing Friday that I could cut it on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But going to the meadows, it was a total, you know, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't mm-hmm. know how the grass was going to be cut, if it was ever going to be cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that first year, it didn't rain for Yeah, that's right. We had the drought weeks, games. And I had no plans to watering it, so uh, it got pretty brown out there real fast for a long time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I should mention, um, you guys probably, I'm sure if you've been following for a long time, and if you go look at the old thumbnails from 2019, you'll notice the grass is pretty much dead for maybe, or 2018, my, my apologies. Um, it was pretty much dead there for a few weeks. And now, we've been luckier with rain in general, but we've also, Mr. Schultz will load up his vehicle with like <laughs> 9 to 10 gallons of just water that we do sprinkle around, and it actually makes a big difference. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, my dad's pretty much like the head groundskeeper slash head of IT slash production assistant on my documentary videos. He does it all behind the scenes, so I want to say I appreciate that. And do you have fun, you know, keeping the grounds at the Meadows? Yes, uh, it looks so much better when things are green. Uh, if it turns mm-hmm. brown, uh, it's tough to play on, tough to look at. So green is always good, whether it's uh, clover. any clover weeds or mm-hmm. ragweeds or whatever. Yeah, Mr. Schultz does a good, solid 
25 minutes, I'd say, of actual um, like weed whipping the field before each game because it's, it's actually been cut um, very often this yeah. year. It's looked good overall, but there is white clover. Like I think the Kyle discovered they're actually dandelions. dandelions that are then like they regrow white. Yeah. And Mr. Schultz tried to knock all the heads off of those to make it look nice and clean for the video. Like, yeah, while me and Kyle are kind of probably right before we do the intro. You probably see it in the background. You might, you might see it in the intro, but usually like Mr. Schultz will do that. Then the players take the field, batting practice, me and Kyle record the intro, that kind of thing. So, yeah, absolutely. So Kyle kind of touched on this, but, um, you know, you do the scorekeeping and Kyle mentioned you do a lot of other stuff. But, yeah, so... In a hypothetical world, if this was, you know, if you could choose a role or multiple roles in MLW, maybe ones that you don't do already, what would you like to do? Do you enjoy being a commentator? Do you enjoy doing the stats and being a statistician? What do you What do you like to do versus what you're doing now? Oh, well, definitely the stats. My dad, my dad was a big stats guy, so mm -hmm. he was always up in the stands keeping score, whether it was um, bowling or baseball, football. Mm -hmm. He would always be keeping score, so that's what I love to do. Um, I love the announcing, but you guys are so much better at it. You guys are calling the type of pitch. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not registering that fast. That's hard. What pitches? Mm -hmm. Oh, that was that was Jack's riser or, you mm -hmm. know, his drop. You, know, you, you got to really be paying a detailed attention to what they're throwing and off it. But I like watching you guys. I like the competition. It's just so fun watching you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, announcing is tough. Um, it's one of the tougher things. You'd think it'd be easy. And doing it in your head, and it's easy, but then it's another thing to do it live on top of a game that's happening in front of you, while also trying to focus on the camera work as well, because that can be tricky. And as you guys have probably seen from pictures and whatnot, we don't have a whole lot of room to operate with that camera behind the plate. You know, one one mistake there, and you're knocking off, you know, a very expensive camera, so it can get a little yeah, you tricky. Guys are doing a, you guys do a great job, even when you're playing, mm -hmm. starting and stopping the camera. Yeah, that gets chaotic. We've, we've touched on that, I think, before. That's chaotic. Changing the angles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think people would be very interested to see, like, actually me and Tommy working when we're at the Meadows when we're playing, because we're like, Tommy, you got to make sure to restart that GoPro after this half inning, and then you got to move this camera to the right side of the foul territory after this half inning. And we kind of have, the good thing is that me and Tommy think the same, so we already know the process. Mm -hmm. So, like, usually I don't even have to tell Tommy this kind of stuff. Same with Daniel. Like, we're all on the same page. Like, it's a well-oiled machine the way we, you know, play at the Meadows nowadays. But, like, I think it'd be very interesting for somebody to show up in the Meadows and see this process, because you don't, you won't get that just watching the video. Yeah, it's very entertaining uh, if you, to be out there in the field. You know, you guys see the clips, the last, the, the last pitch. But overall, mm -hmm. for the two hours, it's very entertaining. You guys talk about very diverse topics out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> we could do a, we could just set up a, a microphone somewhere, a parabolic microphone, and have our own podcast from the games itself. Some of the com you catch that I'm mic'd up a little bit. Some of the conversations and how funny they get. You know, n none of that mic'd up is scripted or anything like that. But um. Yeah, I think people who do, fans who are fortunate enough to come to a game, I think that's probably one of the coolest things is seeing the production actually come together. Not that it's like that extensive, but a lot goes into it. And, you know, it's not too, too bad in terms of if, if Kyle, Daniel, and I, so Mallards, Wildcats, Eagles, if none of them are playing in the game, it's not quite so bad. But for example, in series number, what was it, four of the year, Mallards versus Wildcats, um, third series, my apologies. Um, it gets to the point where obviously we all know what needs to be done in terms of which cameras need to be stopped and started and moved and whatnot, but then you're also dealing with exhaustion, you're stressed out, so then things get forgotten sometimes, so it gets <laughs> hectic. And like when I'm playing, I'm like, get the GoPro, I'm like, oh, I got to jog back out to the outfield, get the GoPro too. Then I'm like racing to get my bat and hit, and it's like a lot goes on. But it's cool that you get to experience that and watch it. Um, this is one of the questions I was more excited to ask you about, is because um, I've always been curious, I guess, is, how involved do you like to be like in the decision-making for the bigger picture things of the Wiffle Ball League? Like, do you like to 
um, really try to influence Kyle to like say certain things to me or myself or like make a decision to reply to maybe a business related email or do you like to kind of just give your input let him do his thing and then let him learn from his mist or mistake or learn from his good decision I don't know good question good question if if it's league oriented Kyle does a great job of bouncing those ideas off of you guys whether mm -hmm. should we should expand from four teams to six teams or eight teams or or what the teams should be named, or the new logo. So it's fun to mm -hmm. hear you guys talk about it, but I don't, I don't dive <laughs> into that stuff. Um, Kyle's so good at the business end of it, end of it now that he doesn't need any uh, any guidance. But in the early beginning, it was it was very good. I remember, I remember sitting with Kyle and and you know, forming. Uh, Forming the LLC or his first his first deal with the whistle. Yeah, you definitely have to. Ha you helped me a lot with like those first like how to become a business things you need to figure out for like tax purposes like all that type of stuff like you knew all about that. You helped me there for sure in the beginning. Yeah, and the merchandise I I knew that was you guys hadn't even explored that yet, so I knew that was kind of thing. So I know you need you needed to do a, a trademark yeah. with your logo. Another thing that people don't realize is that you are an electrical engineer and you are very smart with computers. So if I have a computer issue, you're pretty much like my IT guy as well. Like, and I'm talking like the very back end of these computers, like down to the input-output system we were just looking at like earlier. Like, I was, I was just asking you yesterday, I was like, should I update my, my BIOS, my basic input-output system? And you're like, <laughs> I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say right now there's no critical update, but maybe in the future if something happens, I'd update the BIOS. Just stuff like that you, you helped me with. with yeah, I've so been I in IT for 20 years, so uh, <laughs> even though I was in engineering, I've been doing... Uh, project management, program management uh, for a computer company. So it's been uh, lovely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you think about if you're, you know, whether you're a kid or you're a teenager, you're, you, you know, you're growing up and you're, I know a lot of our audience is kind of in their lower 20s as are Kyle and I. You think of all the things that your parents have had to do for you, whether it's like getting you to games or doing your laundry maybe, um, you know, getting on you to clean your room, maybe helping you clean your room, helping you move in and out of school if you're going to school. It's just a lot of time. On top of that, imagine, you know, obviously Mr. Schultz doesn't have to sit there with Kyle for, you know, 40-plus hours a week editing the videos, but it's, the time adds up, whether it's at the field, just questions, um, traveling. He's traveled to all of our tournaments with us, as has some other parents, too. So shout out to Mr. Cratched is one that I think of. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a big time commitment, so I know we've all appreciated it really well. And it's tough. I don't know, Kyle, like, what do you think? I'm not saying it can't be done, but, like, how important is that additional support? It's key. He's the, the rock, as I like to say. Um, you know, just maybe drive into airports or, you know, getting the, what do you call it, the rental cars because we're not 25 in other states. Like little, little stuff like that that we wouldn't be able to run as smoothly with if we didn't have my, my dad. Um, but, I mean, just, yeah, you know, helping us with the, the, the trips and the public events, those are always huge. Yeah, you guys are the rock stars, so you know you don't want to be bothered by where we're going to go eat or, you know, what the rental yeah. car situation is or checkout time. I mean, you guys. Uh, I mean, that's a real position too for like pro sports teams and college sports teams. I forget what the role is, but I think it's like director of, um, like, what is it called, quality control or player operations or something. Op all those little, yeah. all those little roles that are in a pro sports team. You're like essentially fulfilling if you even think of it that way. Yeah, there's there's a lot more going on with the tournaments with. Um, with the merchandise and travel and transportation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we got flights and we got to get to the airport. So exactly. um, Kyle and Tommy, they're dealing with a lot of the tournaments. I mean, they're, they're the, the star attraction. So there's mm -hmm. a lot going on. So we just try to do a lot of the stuff under the radar that uh, just needs to get done. Yeah. That's 
one thing that I still think I haven't found, at least at our subscriber level, like I haven't found a YouTube channel with like as much of a de demand for staff that we have because we've so because some YouTubers will have well think about it like a lot of YouTubers say they're a vlogger or like you do something like you're a, a, a gamer. Yeah, at our subscriber level, like you see a lot of people where it's it's one it's one person, it's one kid who does their their videos maybe with their friends, they edit it, and upload it. But we have, first of all, we have a forty man wiffle ball league that are all involved. We travel as a group, a big group, and we're like hosting events that are with hundreds of people. So there's it's a lot a lot that goes into it, and for the limited staff that we can afford to travel with, each and every person that travels with us, like players, yeah, they are working from sunup till sundown at those tournaments, so they can get pretty exhausting. That's parents included. I feel bad, you know, because our players are also playing, so like then they want to like take a short break after their game. So like Mr. Schultz and Mr. Cratch are on their feet all day those at those tournaments, and I'm sure some of you guys have been able to meet them as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's great meeting all the because kids just love wiffle ball and they love meeting you guys. Um, it's not too bad. We we've actually come up with a pretty good schedule and we can spread it out. Uh, and now that the the players help out and umping. Uh, it all comes down to some great wiffle ball. And you know what's funny is that people actually will come up to you now for autographs. Do you remember <laughs> that last year? I did, yeah. Did I, you enjoy yourself? I signed my first autograph last year. That's I, amazing. I'm still looking to get my first home run in, uh, in, a in, tournament. in a tournament, but I have a hit at least. Your, your teams were quietly not that bad when it's you, Bill Price, and Marty McCarthy in the last tournament. I think you guys got a win, right? Because you had you had, you also had Drew on your team. We had Drew on our team. We got a win, uh, but you guys have stacked us. You know, the first year we played uh, these just these kids from Livonia, you who know, just so happen to be Jimmy Norp, Nick Saylor, Jonah Heath, and Michael Sheba. I mean, I'm pitching to these guys, and they're <laughs> you know hitting bombs off me. So you know, I thought I was you know, and then uh, last year it was we Daniel Daniel we faced Daniel, and it was just mm -hmm. well. Really the thing tough. is, Bill can actually pitch. He just gets tired. He just gets sore on that sun the next day, so he can't pitch. Right. I, th I think that was the case a couple years ago. Right. He hurt his back, so yeah, yeah. it was tough getting getting up for game two <laughs> on Sunday. He's a, he's a lefty though. He got got hitters off balance. Yeah, he throws hard. All right, I do have before we wrap this interview up. Um, I had one more question I thought was kind of a very good. This is actually a good point to end on because it's a very we talk about it all the time how tech, people are changing, the world's changing with technology and everything. So I wanted to ask you, like, now that all this is kind of, not the dust has settled, we're still growing, but, you know, we've, we've, we've grown steadily for a while. Yeah, we're, I'd say we're established, we're an established presence on the Internet. So how does the power of the Internet surprise you now that you've kind of seen it unfold and how it can change, you know, one or all of your children's lives? And, like, how has your viewpoint of social media changed throughout the years watching MLW grow? Um, well, yeah, I, I never thought... I mean, this obviously didn't exist when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't even have texting. So mm -hmm. you guys are on another planet in terms of communication. So, you know, to watch you guys go from where you started to where you are now is just tremendous with the uh, different media outlets. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I had that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I would have loved texting would have been just awesome. Just to, <laughs> yeah. You know, a group text would have been mm -hmm. so helpful instead of waiting by the phone. Yeah, <laughs> I can't <laughs> Wait, imagine. Waiting for a call. So, um but on the other end, um, it, the downside is everyone has a voice and everyone has an opinion. And mm -hmm. um, so it can be very hurtful sometimes when people uh, uh, say stuff on the Internet that, you know, it just it's written down. They don't mm -hmm. realize that it's written. It's there forever. And people go back and reread it. Mm -hmm. And now they, you know, they, they ingrain that that's, you know, that's really demeaning comments. Mm -hmm. So you got to take it with perspective that people are just venting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they may have had a bad day, um, but you got to look at you know both sides of it. Well, yeah, it's easy to sit behind a screen with a username on there and type whatever you want. I mean, like I would be lying, like people who will comment on videos like, oh, this player sucks or this player is really good, this and that. Like, I mean, we sit around and watch a game at my house. I'll say the same thing about a, a pro player. You know, who, who doesn't when your team, yeah, when someone makes a bad play, yeah, we say all the time, oh, Miguel Cabrera sucks. Like, obviously he doesn't suck. But I think it's a, I shouldn't say it's different, but, you know, it's probably hard as a parent to see people with so many opinions about you know, what your what your kids are doing. So I can imagine that, but I think, like I said, we we I think we all all of us in the league will give it will give it to our pro athletes. Maybe not on, online, but we'll, we say stuff. So I I expect if I make a bad play, like I made those errors in the first <laughs> series, like I was laughing at myself, like oh I'm gonna get shredded, like I didn't care. Well, the one way I think it's different is that these players are getting paid like thirty million a year, so we have the right to like bash them when we're just kids. So it's a little bit different in that sense. But I just like to say like I, that's what, another reason like you kind of mentioned why I don't like lash out at like hate comments is because like. Kids could be, like, they could be in, like, a worse position or they could, like, be hurting inside to where they have to lash it out on us. You know what I mean? So I never, like, attack any sort of, like, demeaning comment or hater, you could say. And and I love how your fans, your league fans, stick up for each other. Someone made a bad comment about Warda and, like, boom, boom, boom. Five (laughs) comments. The Army. The the Army army gets sent. Yes, yeah, same for Daniel as well. So Mm -hmm. they've got their their legion of support. Yeah, It's great to see. Uh, That's actually interesting how you mentioned that because when I asked you that question... That wasn't. I wasn't necessarily expecting that response. I was expecting you to more say like, how some people may view social media as just a terrible thing because it's led to kids just on their phone. It does lead to bullying and hate and stuff like that, but it also has created you know kind of a career that wouldn't otherwise exist for um, one, like I said, or multiple of your children. So, I think there's definitely a balance to it though. Like we don't, even though Kyle and myself, like we spend a lot of time on our phones and we we probably have a reason to be on our phones more than other kids do. We still are pretty balanced about it, I think. You know, we still we, we hang out on the weekends. We do bonfires and stuff like that. Um, and I talked about that's to Kyle all the time. Like, he's always, like, talking about TikToks. I'm like, oh, I don't use TikTok. And, like, I probably should use TikTok. We have an account with hundreds of thousands of followers that I w- I'm supposed to be posting on, and I don't even use the platform to learn from some of the better creators. But it's all just a balance, I think. And um, I don't know. It's hard to find that balance sometimes. But that was the more of the route I was expecting you to say, but it was interesting to hear your perspective. But um, we still have Jack with us, of course, here during this interview. Jack, do you have any questions or comments you wanted to ask before we wrap this up? Can we do maybe a bonus question here? Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> bonus question. Hot seat. Um, happy to have you on, by the way, Mr. Schultz. Thank you. So, all right, let's say in theory here, MLW does a, another expansion, and Mark Schultz is named captain of the newest MLW expansion team. Oh, awesome. And... Um, I've already got the, a team name. The rule, okay, okay. So we'll hear the team name, but the rule is you can draft one and only one Schultz son Ooh, like to help you start your new dynasty. Like which an expansion son, draft, right? Like expansion draft. I got it. I got which it. son do you choose and why? Uh, I'm gonna take Daniel because he's a top-notch pitcher. Oh my god, I need to respond. Dan's won one title in 11 years, sir, if you haven't realized. You're going to build your team around that. You're gonna He's be too young. He can't live for the moment. He chokes in big moments. <laughs> What's your role with Dan? What's he going to – why Dan? Uh, I just have to pick one Schultz. I, All right. It's, it's going to be one or the other. Okay. I think this is – this, this, this question – this question – yeah, Brendan wasn't considered – I guess, hey, Brennan's had his moments where he was a powerhouse in this league. Yeah. But if I had to pick, 
I think Dan maybe has days where I'm like, wow, this kid is incredible. But Kyle's just more consistent. Like, he's just very consistent, That's in my right. opinion. That's right. He's always out there throwing strikes. Um, he's always hitting for average, hitting for power. Dan can be a little streaky. And I think, I think because of the way Kyle throws and everything, I feel like Kyle's body handles it. Daniel complains about being sore a lot, and Kyle I feel like is always healthy. Yeah, he does. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think it's my throwing motion. I throw more strikes with my risers. Like I, I don't really like Dan. Dan misses the zone a lot with my risers. I'm pretty much pinpointing where I want it to go, so I'm like very more like durable. I'd say. Yeah, Dan tries. To Plus, Daniel tries to hit home runs every single time. <laughs> I am such a singles hitter. I I don't want to like give a huge spoiler to the next video, but you'll see like the way I hit. It's just very contact based. Your team has always been very balanced. Daniel has to Daniel has to hit a two run, three run homer to keep them. That's keep Daniel's them fault, also. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, which I don't even blame him for, but Dan, value, Dan values friendship over wins, in my mind. It's a hard balance, but hey, it's I respect it, I guess. It's a balance. Kind of disappointed you said Dan. <laughs> that was the bonus question. Well, I, I appreciate the honesty on the bonus question, but what was the name of the team? You said you already had a name. Uh, Gladiators. That's uh, that's our wiffle ball. Okay. That's uh, my, my like favorite that. movie with Russell Crowe and... That's perfect. That sounds like a dynasty to me. Yes. Yeah, so. All right. Well, that's everything I had prepared. Uh, do you have anything that you've been dying to get off your chest to the fans that you've never been able to address on camera or on a microphone before we wrap it up? Um, just come out and see these guys uh, at the tournaments. Um, they'll be happy to uh, sign your ball or sign your jersey or sign your hat. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, everyone, is, uh, everyone in the league is just a great bunch of guys. Um, stop out of the field if you're in the neighborhood, see a game. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been a tremendous ride, um, many years forward and hopefully many years to go. Mm -hmm, I agree. And I think on top of that too, now is the best time to get out in these tournaments because every year they're growing and growing and it's going to be harder and harder for us to spend that, you know, that one-on-one -on -one time could get more and more spare throughout the year. So don't miss your chance while it's out there. Nice, but, nice. All right, Mr. Schultz, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure, and uh, fans will never forget this. They're right. going to be so excited you came on, so thank you very much. All right, thanks, Tommy. So that was that was miraculous. I'm, I, I'm honored to have done that, honestly. Um, I think it's one of the greatest moments on this podcast by far. I hope you guys enjoy it. I think Mr. Mr. Schultz walked away. We turned off the microphones. He's like, oh, that was so fun. He enjoyed it. He liked it. What would you think, Jack? I thought it was awesome. He was very uh, – he was very – articulate and mm -hmm. confident in his answers it mm -hmm. was cool i think yeah he got up and he was pretty excited he uh i think he reminds me the most of daniel i think but more so i guess in like the way he looks and like acts yeah maybe not so much personality wise but i think him and daniel have a lot of the same interests yeah like, i feel like like in terms of activities and things like that i think mr schultz and daniel would have the most in common i i think so too also just because i think of dan i think of dan as more of a quiet schultz compared to um at least to kyle yeah and mr schultz appears quiet mm -hmm. but once you get him talking he's you know very nice and um outgoing and stuff yeah, I, I, think I think we got him talking we did talking, we so. did i think yeah brendan is the outgoing one kyle i'd say is like outgoing once you get to know him he's not necessarily right. the loudest guy in the room and daniel is quiet and I think he kind of remains not like quiet, but he he's a, he's a man of few words. But he's also like an easy. <laughs> this is gonna sound mean, but he's an easy guy to laugh at. Like he does things that'll make you laugh. 
like when we're when out he's not fishing. even trying exactly to do it, yeah. exactly when he's not even trying to be funny he just says stuff that cracks me up like i'll go through i also talk fast so it's partially my fault too but we'll go through and i'll like break down like something for a video like a video idea and i'll like rattle off all these ideas and then he'll like get in like a daze and then i'll be like wait what are we talking about like, he'll just <laughs> zone out and i just start laughing he just does the funniest stuff it cracks me up but all right I wanted to, before we wrap up today's show, we had a couple more things to talk about. might be a long one today, but I hope you boys have enjoyed. I know how I have. Um, it was funny because last Monday evening, a week ago, we were talking about the whole sticky stuff, pine tar on pitchers in the MLB, and then one day later, the MLB announced that it was going to start checking pitchers for stuff like, like officially every so often for substances. Um, and I was like, wow, Jack, we hit that one on the head. Very, very current event. But the thing that I wanted to discuss directly, and a, a lot of you have already saw it, and if you haven't seen it, just like Google it, was the Tyler Glasnow little rant on the situation. He's a pitcher in the MLB, and he mentioned, he admitted that he used sunscreen and rosin to pitch with as a sticky substance. So first of all, I didn't even know you could do that. I was like always picturing pine tar, you know? Yeah. It's like it's less like intimidating when it's like, oh, they're just using sunscreen. Right. Like, he probably just like has it on his pants, wipes his pants every once in a while. And you know when I pitched? I would lick my fingers after every pitch, but right. that was legal. Yeah. But same thing, like I had something to get a grip a little sticky. So so last week I was kind of on team. I was anti-substance. I was like, well, everyone throw a clean ball. I think you were kind of on the same page. I don't really remember. Um, we kind of bounced around. I don't around, remember either. I think it was kind of just like, yeah. You might not have had a clear side. I think you were kind yeah. of evaluating both. So with me being the guy who was anti-substance, the things that stood out to me the most from the Tyler Glass Now interview when he talked about how it affected him was, first of all, he mentioned how, um, like how it could lead to injuries. And mm-hmm. it was how it was only sunscreen and rosin that stood out too. But the injury thing, I guess I didn't think about too much. And I didn't really think about how it could be affecting people if it wasn't there. Like, you know, I never threw with a substance, so I'd, I guess I wouldn't know what it would be like to go cold turkey without it. But speaking of cold turkey, that was the thing that stuck to me the most from his speech was the fact that they're making this change in the middle of a season. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous in That's my opinion now. I now that I'm a little more educated on it because it, so, it was in the media so much over the past week, I do think it's kind of dumb to make this change mid-year. Like, while guys had all off-season to maybe adjust to this, now they're in the middle of their season and they have to make this adjustment. That seems a little ridiculous. I agree. And, like, the injury thing is is important too and relevant but if they gave them the opportunity to change it in the off season mm-hmm. i'm sure you would see much less injuries even without yeah. the substance because they they're getting used to throwing without it now mm-hmm. and that and then you know their muscle memory builds uh, yeah, he, he was saying that he was sore because he had to take the substance off and mm-hmm. basically changes mechanic ups like midweek mm-hmm. and then he went out for the next game still sore never yeah. got that recovery and then I hurt. think that's when he got injured. He right? injured himself. I, yeah. forget, I don't think it was anything serious. No, it wasn't. It wasn't it was like surgery an or anything. That's still, but it was still. Yeah, that sets that him can, back. It does. That that yeah. sucks. It's nothing more frustrating than like something out of your control going wrong like that. Yeah. Um. So with that being considered, to keep this conversation still less lengthy, I still think I am on team no substance. I know it's like I can't grip the ball anymore and like just let us use whatever. I still think I'm team anti substance, but I think it should have been done in the off season. Now, another option that I've been considering because I was reading a lot, I was reading these comments on this tweet is that people are saying, well, the MLB should just release some kind of substance for everyone to have. Yeah. But I guess how do you enforce that and how do you know what they're actually using? But that was a cool idea. Like, I was like, wow, MLB like branded their own 
pitching like because yeah. right now it's rosin you know what rosin is yeah like that's available like on the back of the mount for people to use you can grab it you can grab it but you can't combine sunscreen and rosin you cannot use sunscreen but you, but what if it's like you gotta wear hot sunscreen. out yeah and you're <laughs> like irish yeah that's what i'm saying you got pale skin like me you need yeah. sunscreen but i don't know what do you what do you think after all this now that it's kind of unfolded a bit more i'm sure you've had a little bit more time to look at things now that it was more um covered i don't know i i st- i still kind of just think like it's not really that big of a deal i feel like they should be able to use it i mean it's hard enough to throw that ball over the plate mm-hmm. in general like if these guys want a little bit of stickiness to help them grip. and he said too in his interview he's like it's not about my spin rate like mm-hmm. i can get the ball to spin i just want to yeah. be able to grip the ball mm-hmm. which was yeah exactly that was like an interesting point but um i think it was not a good decision to change it mid-year i, I, I thought they should have done it in the off season we'll see in the forthcoming months if there's any more injuries with guys or pitchers you know ranting or whatever we'll see mm-hmm. yep i think that covers it yeah i mentioned that i would you know i didn't i never used any foreign substances but i would I would lick my fingers, my two fingers, middle and index finger between pitches. Then you had to, the rule was you had to go to your pant after that. Like you couldn't lick your fingers and go to the ball. You had to touch your pants. Mm. I don't think I would do it every pitch, to be honest with you. It's hard to remember, but I think it was like just on a need basis. I would lick my fingers, touch my pants, and then throw. But how do they like, how would they seriously regulate though? Like if you put sunscreen on your face that's and then, I don't, like you're sweating I don't and you like either. wipe your forehead yeah. and you grab the ball. Like Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me either, but. I don't know. It's crazy. It's um. It's gonna be hard to enforce, I think. But I don't know. I, I'm sure this time topic will, will evolve. Yeah, it'll evolve. All right. I don't want to take up too much time, but I wanted to right. go back to that topic. Let's get into one final segment for the day. Q of the day. Q. 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 Of the day. All right. This week's question comes from Benny Hop Boy on Instagram. And if you guys want to submit your own question, please submit them to at Pipe It Jack is cracking up at the name. <laughs> but that's his username. Um, what up, Benny? Benny Hotboy, thank you for the question. If you want to submit your own question, please submit them to at Pipe It Up MLW on Instagram in the DMs. Okay. I've read off my line there. He asked, hi, people of the Pipe It Up podcast. That would be me and Jack. Yep. My question for the pod is, what was the worst and best series you've ever had? That's a very cool question, I think. And I think it's hard to remember all of them. Like, you know, I'm sure I've had better series or worse series than what I'm about to mention. But um, I would say my best series ever in recent memory. So 2017 to now, I would still say my World Series performance against the Cobras because, as you guys know, we were down 2-0 in that series. And I, if you go back and watch, maybe it's not as noticeable, but I pretty much had to change up my arm slot mid-series to throwing almost all sidearm. Wow, that was a good voice crack right there. Nice. Um, Almost all sidearm games, three, four, and five, as well as I hit the ball very well, too, in my opinion. You know, Noah took the light there. He was the one that got the spotlight, but I also hit very well. I had a high on base percentage that postseason. Let me, let me get my flowers a little <laughs> bit there. So that was my best series ever, in my opinion. And just, like, as well as, like, keeping the boys in it. Like, that was a hard – as a manager, when you're down 2-0, and I was supposed to be our, our fearless leader – it's not easy, but I I said it before, like we all believed that we were gonna come back and win that. So that was all around my best performance, in my opinion, in all aspects of the game. Um, worst series ever. You know, what? I do think of an. I just thought of an old one. I said I wasn't gonna say an old one, but this one sticks out because it's an important series. My last series before returning to MLW after a couple years off, the World Series against the Cardinals. Pretty sure I played terrible. Pretty sure my average was next to garbage. 
<laughs> but <laughs> recent memory, um, it's hard. I remember being irritated last year a couple times, but the Cardinals one sticks out in my head. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Jack? What about yourself? Well, I think it's tough for me to pick a worse series because I did play on the Preds for a while. you always when play we, amazing, right? When, yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I've been swept multiple times in a series on the Predators and on the Magic as well. Um, and so those series are never good. I would say that I could almost tie the best and worst game like that question into one game wow. there was the this is amazing the, you're like alec in the defense right can't decide. exactly i can't decide no so this was the game that the predators played the wildcats and it went to eight innings and oh yeah pitcher if you remember the pitcher mm-hmm. was not kyle it was zach the Whalen. pitcher was zach whalen and shouts out to zach but zach's not like in what was and is not an ace in this mm-hmm. league so the fact that that game went to eight innings was um, pretty embarrassing, to say the least, for the Predators. But I did end up hitting one into the trees, which you counted did. as a walk-off. And so that was pretty hype for me because that was still early awesome. in my career. That and that was like, it was getting dark. Yeah. I, call, I like called my shot, too. I know, that never made it in the video. That, oh, so that maybe yes. was something to say. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So that one never made it into the video, but... I did technically call my shot on that one. He That's did. why I was freaking out in I've, the camera I've after seen if it. you watched that video. In, into the GoPro, Jack does call his shot the inning prior that he's hitting a walk-off. That was one of the more electric moments. Like, There's moments in MLW that like stand out as being overall like very hype. The Predators are responsible for a lot of them, but that was one of the more electric ones right there. That was, <laughs> that so was a good one. That was a good one. You When you came out as a rookie, I think that was your second year, wasn't it, right there? That one was. Yeah, but okay, your first year... You, right you guys were playoff. a fun team to watch. Yeah. Was that 2016? I, was, I wasn't even playing yet. Yeah. 16. But you came in and, like, yeah, I was hyped texting you. I was like, dude, your pimp jobs are awesome. <laughs> and this was, like, before bat flipping was this huge thing. But yeah. <laughs> Jack, who had, like, never played baseball, would <laughs> strike out five times in the game. Then he jack one and just <laughs> pimp the crap out of it. Yeah. And the one time when you guys hit, like, back to back to back, home, that four was, home runs in that a would row. Be that, I think that's the highlight so sick. far of my that career was so still. so sick. You, and you pimped that one, too. That so was confident. So money. And just, like, right-handed flip of the bat that was awesome back in the day if you threw me a high slider anywhere near the plate it was just gone it's game over that was the only thing i could really hit yeah fun cratch will hear this and i don't care it's not like it's a secret but that was funny because in that last series against the preds uh, i th- i think both home runs i hit were off of sliders the one i hit higher the, ones up too yeah, like higher in the, the one zone. i hit to the fence that i thought was going to go over was a slider and i and that one i hit to the fence i think was in the first inning of that game game three he did not throw me another slider until the last inning, and I popped it up. You can watch it. I popped it up, and I was like, oh, my yeah. God, that was it. I was so mad, but, I mean, it's a margin of you know millimeters, I and mean, you just got to square it up. When I didn't square it up, that's how it goes. We talk about how, how the game can change. I hit that ball over, we win. but Sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. That's how she crumbles, man. That's why. That's why <laughs> my friends and I always have a saying, like, we're doing something and we fail at it. We go, oh, that's why they call it fishing. That's why they call it bowling. That's right. Yeah. That's just how the cookie crumbles, man. That's but, how it goes. All right, Jack. Well, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I'm just happy to put this on. I had this idea for the 50th episode special. I was like, we got to get Mr. Schultz on here. And I'm so glad he, he agreed to do it. Took a time out of his busy life to uh, make it happen. And I really hope you guys enjoyed it and cherished every moment. 
Um, I have a question for the fans, too. Would you guys ever want to have, like, a live guest on from someone who's, like, not very involved with the league? Like, a friend, for example. Just a random Just kid. like a random. I don't know. Like, what? What? I guess it's a wiffle ball podcast, but I feel like they also, they like to hear random stories. I don't know. Just, like, like, like people that come, anything. like, a lot of my friends are like, oh, let me on the podcast. Kind of as a joke, but it's like, I don't know. We have some pretty funny stories. I can tell you that much we right now. It's so like... Jack and I could start the show, and then like Jack could bring a friend on one week, or like I could bring someone on one week, and it'd be, I don't know, it's just, it's a good insight to people's lives, I guess. You see, I'd be down for that. I don't know. It depends if you guys want to do that or not, because we can also just bring on league members. But I know, I'm assuming you guys want to see like Rudy on here. I've heard some Swamp Man requests. I that would that be would a tough be... one to swing because he is leaving this swamp to go to a new swamp pretty soon here. If you know, if you're catching my drift, <laughs> <laughs> he's moving swamps. <laughs> he's, he's moving to a swamp on the east side of the United States. From this uh, Midwest swamp he's currently in, but um, yeah, I don't know. That could be fun. That could be fun. Let us know. Let us know. Um, like Sam Reichert from the Gators, who has played in this league, he's he's expressed interest to come on as well. But all right, guys, I'm gonna wrap it up. It's been a long one, Jack. Thanks again for driving down. Absolutely, brother. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this one, and we will catch you next week. Let's see, let's see, let's see. You sound so crisp, flipping good.